banking is boring. Very few people like to look at their statement. And if we can help them get over that and and feel more inclined to want to engage with their finances, then we're doing a much better job than, than most. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Brady Burkett. And today I'm excited to say that we have on the show Steve LaRue, founder and CEO of Envel. Steve, welcome. Thanks so much, Brady. Great Steve, to be here. Steve, uh, if you wouldn't mind giving our listeners a bit of background about yourself, uh, and, then, and then of course, touch on Envel and, and what your company is doing today. Yes, yeah, so so I'm I'm formerly a tech entrepreneur. Um, ventured into the world of, uh, of of fintech. I have a fair amount of experience in financial services, and I founded the company back in 2018, uh, the end of 2017, but it officially kicked off 2018. And I, I suppose um, the whole journey began back 10 years ago when I felt that um, my bank um, around the, the period of financial crisis wasn't looking after my money very well. In fact, I wouldn't do anything proactively. Um, and I had a few ideas how I would love to change that, but the time wasn't right. Uh, technology didn't suit. Uh, so I kept that in my back pocket, as I do with many, many ideas I have. And fast track 10 years, I, um, I, uh, I, I went to study at Harvard, uh, undertook a master's in finance, and I uh, proposed the idea in a more mature form to a professor there. And, uh, and then the idea started to gain some traction, assemble the team, and, um, and a few years later raised uh, seed funding of uh, 2.7 million. So we have a team of 25, and uh, we've just launched uh, on the 30, 31st of October. Congratulations on the launch. Really exciting. Thanks so much. Um, so, so really interesting idea behind the story of Envel, right? You, your, your banking experience day to day, you didn't feel the banks were being um, proactive and in, in helping you with your money, which, you know, now we, we obviously have the opportunity to do with technology. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the technology behind Envel? Um, we'll start with, uh, I guess, the, the partnership ecosystem in the U.S., so I don't think it'll be any surprise to our listeners that MVEL relies on a network of partners to get to market doing the, the basic nuts and bolts things. But then I think more exciting is MVEL's proprietary technology, uh, the, the AI and machine learning piece. Yes. Um, so, we, so I obviously searched for, for good, uh, capable partners in the U.S. as it's obviously a U.S. entity to facilitate the needs of, of what we're ultimately offering, which is very different from anything else that you see out there. So uh, we, we eventually hooked up with Q2 and the, the Canva network, Q2 core, core, pro, uh, core banking uh, API, which is very, very, uh, very capable and uh, delivering the sort of products that we need. And, uh, and also Stonecastle, which is a deposit network of 850 community banks, which essentially makes customers' deposits far more secure than sort of traditional outfit. And, and now a partner bank, uh, a National Bank of Kansas City, 
uh, provide us with the, uh, the bank of record. And so that was a very good setup for me. And, you know, much like a lot of fintechs today, they rely less on sort of going the charter route uh, and full uh, establishing or in, inventing, effectively as we invented already. Uh, our focus really was to build a customer facing uh, engine and um, that, that could deliver the, 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 the capability that uh, that they needed in order to manage their finances. And our offering is very unique in that we have an autonomous banking offering, uh, unlike you know, a, a traditional digital bank that proactively looks after the finances of an individual uh, in real time. Uh, and uh, kind of underpinning that is an AI engine that took an awful long time to develop patent submission um, and a year later we're ultimately uh, we've built a product that uh, that 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 does that, that that's reinvented uh, the experience that uh, that, uh, that that we're that we're you know very it's very unlike anything that we've seen before and and the key thing for me is to make sure that we're meeting the needs of uh, of the modern generation most most of those that you speak to today feel disenfranchised and that banks don't care about their money and and ultimately only too happy to get into difficulty and offer them a line of credit they can't sustain uh, and we felt that you know what if every customer had uh, their own sort of virtual CFO uh, financial advisor accountant uh, in their pocket that could do all of that 24/7 uh, without any effort or knowledge at all given all the technology in the world today, surely that's something that we could accomplish. So it's very much a dream that I think that, that um, there's a tremendous wealth gap in the world that's no secret. And it's very difficult for people with very low income or students uh, to manage you know, their income in a way that, that can ultimately bridge the gap between uh, you know, not being comfortable to you know, being reasonably um, financially literate and financially literate lit- Literacy is not all just about education, it's about conditioning as well. It's very hard to learn that uh, when you don't have very much. And that's where Envil helps guide you. But the experience is, is truly unique and, and often these things are very difficult to describe without actually using it. I think one of the key things that, um, uh, that Q2 are able to help us with, which is a very important part of our system, is the envelope system. So that's what Envil stands for, short of envelopes. Uh, so our, our user, users are able to set up uh, up to a 99 bank accounts instantaneously at no cost to them, name them whatever they like, um, do whatever they want with them, uh, use autonomy, uh, and even share them with friends. And I think that's, that's the differentiator that we don't see in the market at the moment. There are slightly different forms, but these are real bank accounts, and that's the ultimate goal. And then the second piece is the autonomy. So we have a feature called Autopilot, which at the touch of a button, rather like driving a Tesla, uh, you're able to switch it on and it essentially drives your, your finances for you and manages your budget with relatively little information. And, and it learns over time the habits that you have and keeps you in check, uh, advises you on how much you can spend each week, guilt-free, that's the key thing. A bit like living at home uh, when you're with your parents, they give you pocket money, you don't have to worry about bills. The minute you leave home, you suddenly have to worry about all of these different uh, responsibilities, but you don't have the time to manage that. So effectively, we're you know helping you with all of that. Um, and then the building and conditioning and humor, which is also an important part of the anxiety over managing money, which is 
it's not the most fun thing in the world. I mean, I use this tagline all the time, banking is boring. Very few people like to look at their statement. And if we can help them get over that and and feel more inclined to want to engage with their finances, then we're doing a much better job than, than most. And I want to come back to that point um, about banking being boring. Um, but I th- in a previous uh, conversation, I think you described the envelopes as um, how your grandparents might budget their money, right? They come home with their their paycheck and they put cash into an envelope. So is the idea that your AI and machine learning will uh, help the users budget? Um, and and, and what's, that, what's that experience expected to be like um, from an envelope perspective, right? Because we, we see um, some apps out there uh, have certain budgeting features, um, but, but this, I think, will be different. Yes, I mean, you know, I think one of the challenges that you will face in using a lot of the other applications that um, apps and, and, and services and portals, that uh, there's no real one-stop to do everything. I mean, you, you, you have um, you know, many different services out there that tell you how you could save more or how you could divide up your funds and, and operate your budget more efficiently and so on and so forth. But effectively, I think majority of people don't really want to be bothered with that. I mean, analytics is one thing, but actually having to do something about it is another. Um, when I receive my paycheck through, um, I have certain responsibilities. We all do, and they're non-negotiable. So you have bills. Uh, you should put some money away for a rainy day in savings. You should have some contingency to cover you in case uh, you know you have excess bills or an, or an emergency. Um, and then net of all of that, you have, uh, you know, some cash you can spend without having to worry about it. And that's the sort of vision. It's not, it's very, very simple, uh, you know, uh, accounting and, and, and economics. And what we're doing with that is that when your paycheck comes through, if you switch on autopilot, we split that up into different envelopes for you, just in the same way our elders used to do that when they got their paycheck. Uh, but this, in this case, it's all automated. Um, and you know, from get go, there's absolutely nothing you need to do. And the only thing we do over time is analyze your bills and make sure that, that we haven't, um, divided too little. And, and we, we trying to make your, um, savings stick by imposing friction. So we have what we call a vault, which actually asks you questions before you can tap into it. So it, 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 um, it, it questions why you need to spend money and uh-huh. that, uh, that you may not need to. And then there's always contingency. And I think that's the missing part of most, um, most digital bank offerings is there's no contingency. So if you run out of money for that day, you have to dip into your savings. And the majority of those that we've studied uh, simply have too little savings and saving doesn't seem to be a thing. I mean, if the $400 problem is, is a clear example of that. Some 45% of the adult working population in the US don't have uh, $400 in, uh, to access in case of an emergency. And that's, that's something we want to tackle. And also the paycheck to paycheck uh, issue is something, again, we want to tackle. And they're big problems. We can't solve them uh, independently, but we can have a go at that. Um, and that's one of the beauties of having automation is that it all just happens and you don't need to think about it. There are no questions. Uh, how much do you want to save or how much you want to put away for bills? And quite frankly, we're all far too busy. Or if we're not doing that, people are playing games and they're doing things that are far more fun because finance isn't fun, nobody's dedicating the time they need to do it. Yeah. So why not have AI doing it for you? And that's the kind of logical answer that I sort 
sort of uh, came to. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think you know if you look at the Neo Bank or, or Challenger Bank space going back five or six years ago, um, what what a lot of companies were doing was was building a nice mobile app and giving people a debit card with no fees, and, and that's great. But what's what's promising about Envel is you're building this uh, system from the ground up to to provide a different banking experience. Um, and, and it really sounds like you're honing in on a target market of young Americans, maybe just leaving home for the first time. Um, you mentioned um, banking is boring and, and financial literacy. Um, people claim they're bad at it. But, but I'd, I'd be interested if you could touch on that point a little bit. Um, you know, it, it, the common expectation is if we just have our education system teach people how to control their personal finances, that'll solve the problem. But, but your point really is people aren't unskilled or bad at it. If, if it was interesting, they learn how to do it. Um, and, and Envil is kind of taking that approach and, and managing the boring stuff so that people can, can get back to what they enjoy learning about and, and doing with their day. Yeah, look, think about what we spend. You know, it's, a, it's always, I'm very much a realist. You, know, um, you can't force people to do things they don't want to do. Like, you know, if everybody has a, anybody has a kid, you'll know that. But there are things that motivate them. Just because it's right or responsible, it doesn't mean people will do it. And it's partly to do with the way that we manage tasks that are mentally taxing. I think if, if we've been bad at it before and people have ultimately responded to that and said, you're bad at something, our brain's not getting a dopamine reward from that, then likely that you're going to be encouraged to keep doing it. Uh, and if it's if you're expending a vast amount of energy doing it and and not getting any short term rewards again, you're not getting the dopamine you know kick that uh, that your brain seeks from affirmation constantly. And I think that's part of the challenge. If you look at things a lot of you know young Americans do, or even across the world, I mean human beings are largely similar. They're doing things that they enjoy in short term rewards. So whether it be you know drinking or smoking or playing computer games or socializing or eating chocolate or whatever it is, there's always a reward in that. Whether it's good or bad, there's still a reward. And so the challenge we had is using behavioral science in a way to deliver a reward for something that you didn't like, you don't like doing. And so how do we do that? Because everybody tries that. And that's why financial literacy is so low, because you can teach people economics and accounting and finance, but I can tell you there are a lot of people who are earning significant sums. You're still not managing your finances very well. In fact, if you you know sort of bring together a group of people from all backgrounds and all different uh, and all different uh, demographics, uh, you'll be quite surprised that majority of people are suffering from this. It's more of a pandemic than it is than it is a minority. So why force people to do something they're bad at and they don't like doing, and why not automate that? So the use of gamification is key because, of course, we can only automate so much of it. Ultimately, we're still dependent on you to behave reasonably responsibly. Uh, so we give you guidance, and it's rather like lanes on a road showing you the way. Of course, you can have a, a crash, but um, you know the incentive is to stay on the road, follow, follow Google Maps, and, and be, be responsible. And because everybody else is doing it, you're more likely to do it yourself. So there's a bit of social engineering there as well. We're looking in every single way that we could effectively, you know, hack the mind to to create a better path that ultimately make help you 
be financially secure. And I think it's I think it's incredibly possible to do it. Uh, it takes a while. Uh, it's going to involve a lot of data, uh, but we're all uh, probably a lot simpler than we think in that uh, we follow very simple patterns in life, and a lot of it revolves around the, the positive reinforcement, uh, you know, process of is it does it feel good? Do I look good? And that's what one of the things. Those are the two mm-hmm. things we ultimately uh, link into. Doesn't make you look good. Doesn't make you feel good. And that links you to one actual Harvard study, which is when I first meet somebody, do I would I trust them? Would I like them? So if you can link some of those components together, the brain actually becomes more receptive, becomes more conditioned, and ultimately everybody's winning because you're saving money, you're better at your finances, you're not doing anything about it. You tell your friends about it, they say, wonderful, wonderful job, well done, you're amazing, but you didn't do anything. Um, so you know, there's, there's an element of that that we're con- constantly evaluating. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's interesting especially when you take a step back and look at what the business model is for traditional banks. Um, so it's no secret. I think that, that in the fintech space, we think of the, the old school banks taking consumer deposits is, is really um, only benefiting when those users mess up overdraft fees or whatever, whatever the penalty is, they, they probably make more money on fees, credit card interest, things like that. Um, and, Envil is taking an entirely different approach. So as we look at the business model of that approach, how are you guys thinking about that, right? You can't charge an overdraft fee. You can't charge high interest rates because uh, you really want the best for your customer. You want to align with them. You want them to master their finances and not dip into those penalty type of services. So how are you guys thinking about that as you scale over the next few months? Look, I mean, the, the dream here is and the vision, and it's important, I guess, to understand as the founder, the direction that I'm taking, I'm not taking this on solely just to become the next unicorn or anything like that. I don't have those goals in mind. The goals that I have are fixing a broken system, fixing a system that's dependent on you know, exploiting the very weaknesses of those customers that you have and hopefully hoping that they turn to you for high interest credit. We're not offering any of that. So we offer free banking and we're operating on a freemium model on the basis that if you look at you know a lot of the big successful tech companies at the moment, um, they have you know whether it be Dropbox or you know Instagram or WhatsApp or Google Suites or anything like that, these are products that people use, don't pay anything for until they love them, and that's the key thing. Nobody really loves banks, and that's the one biggest mental challenge that I had is how can we get them to love us and our products? So we're not charging anything out of the box. Um, of course, there are some very basic fees that we don't that you, you would expect using third-party services that we're not involved in, such as withdrawing from ATMs abroad. Um, but you know, in general, it's a free service, and and the whole point is to focus on growth. So building up a community of of users, and and getting to the point where they go, well, actually, I want more from Envil. You've really helped me save. You've really helped me look good, feel good, and uh, and educate and condition. Uh, now, what more do you offer? And that's the point that we start thinking about offering premium services, but at very, very reasonable uh, rates uh, that, that ultimately they benefit from and profit from. So the key focus is the user's profit, not ours. And as long as we focus on the user experience and and and, and the user's profit and user's pocket, 
then I think we'll be in good stead because really there aren't any any other institutions, at least in the in the, in the challenger space, that solely focus on that. I'm particularly averse to falling down the same trap of offering you know, uh, um, lending in a way that consumers can't um, can't accommodate. Yeah, so that's something that I won't particularly entertain. Um, I think we have to nurture uh, a new generation and and get them to trust us. Yeah, um, and so that's what I'm absolutely committed to. So one one thing that we see with challenger banks in the U.S. going back a few years, you, you got the first wave, the, the chimes, the Veros, current, you know, and 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 kind of we've seen a, a massive growth in this space. So Envil's not the first digital bank; it's not the first fee-free bank. Um, but you guys are quite different from how you've built the system from the ground up, um, as well as your, your marketing, your distribution, all, all your plans there. We have seen that challenger banks look to differentiate themselves based on features over time, you know, whether it's two-day earned wage access or whatever it might be, a loan, um, something along those lines. It sounds like Envel doesn't really need to, to have those gimmicky features because of the way you've built the platform. Um, but I'd be curious if you could touch on that. You know, what are some things that Envel would look to integrate over time? What are some things you think are table stakes in the market today? Just looking at the market in general, um, and, and, and what are you excited to, to think about bringing to your users? Yeah, look, I mean, if, if one looks at history of, of, of any sort of, of, of any kind of vertical, you, you you have this kind of flurry of 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 wars over features or pricing, whether it's interest rate or it's we've got get paid two days early or whatever, and and it, it it's a fad. It's a right for a while, you know. It obviously works for some. It works for Chime incredibly well, uh, and 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 it's, and it's great for them. But I think what we want to do is offer something that's a lot more sustainable, uh, and we also want to work with a, a lot of other fintech partners to add value added services to that. Uh, I think we're going to keep simple for quite a while. And I think that's, if anybody sort of you know, reads the rule book on delivering an execution, it would be to keep your proposition really simple. And what I find as even a user of a lot of services uh, across the world, I mean, I've used a whole bunch of digital banks, as one can imagine in my position, uh, is that they become bloated with features and you know users lose their way. And one mustn't forget that at the end of the day, it's still an app. You know, it's it's it might seem like a bank, but it's it's only a bank in that it's managing commodity in a way that's that that you can access it quickly. But of course, you have a whole flurry of apps on the store, whether they're financial apps or other apps that are conveying user experiences that people gravitate towards. Uh, and we're not going to play that game. We're going to keep it really, really simple, uh, so that you know what's what. And and I. And I think you know simplicity is going to be the key. I mean, you can use a very good example of simplicity. Probably two great examples. One being Google. I mean, I in the days of Google, I I really other than the time that they changed the homepage uh, and added a few things on it, uh, I think they've largely kept that page mm-hmm. uh, much the same. And that's you know that that's that's why it succeeded because our brains don't change. And there's a successionism in culture at the moment. So. You know, we go from the from something that's rather simple when you release it, and then they've got to keep adding features to it, and people don't like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, one of the reasons why people join things is because it's simple. So we'll keep that, and then that's 
that's first and foremost. Dropbox is another very good example of how they've kept very simple in their proposition. They've managed to, you know, outweigh many of the larger competitors based on that principle. And I think we will largely stay the same. I think further down the road, we will have some premium offerings, but it won't be, it won't be that that sort of makes the app bloated or that you, you know, features that you can't find. But they, they will involve perhaps extended ways of of improving your financial security. So you know, one, can, one can think about um, many autonomous, it all revolves around autonomy, uh, whether it's uh, insurance or, or investments or you know, products of any sort that really you don't want to fill in forms. And right. you know, we should know you are ready, but you, why are we asking you the same old silly questions? I mean, let's be honest, yeah. you know, how many times do we fill out forms that you say, well, you know the answers, why are you asking me? And I'm just so tired of that as a user. I am fighting for the for the user, and first and foremost. So I think you know we're going to continue to work through our our users and find out what they really want to solve very quickly. Uh, we have a very snazzy feature at the moment, which is uh, the world's fastest sign up. So so far, it's fifty two seconds to from the minute you open your en- your Envil app to actually getting in. It's assuming that you've gone through the whole KYC process. And that's the record is now 52 seconds, which is astonishing, really. And that's what we, we, we've actually gamified it. So it's a racing car kind of experience because it's boring filling in forms. Uh, why not do that? We've also implemented humor. Um, so we've got a, a funny, crude and rude setting. The rude ones switched off uh, <laughs> for now, but we're interested to see how many people are going to say, I want it on. You've got to speak the language of the, of the users. And so this is very much a tech company with behavioral science. Uh, element and machine learning uh, and ultimately managing your hard-earned income for you in a way that uh, we're not going to call ourselves a bank because I don't think um, general population, you know, really probably, probably want to associate kind of new age management of finances with a bank. Yeah. It's not to say banks are bad. I just think it's time for a bit of a reinvention. So we've actually got a strap line, which is uh, we broke the bank. And, uh, and when we're going to use that on our merchandise and, um, and, and it's, it's an interesting strap line in that it actually appeals to everybody, you know, is the bank who broke the bank or we broke it, but everybody actually broke it. We all played a part in breaking it. Yeah. And now we want to play a part in fixing it. And I think what better to do, what better time to do it than, than sort of post or COVID, um, I think. Well, at least in a, hopefully at the end of it, I think it's time for a kind of banking revolution as such. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting to hear about your take on the technical side, product uh, features, uh, differentiation um, from that perspective. I think one thing that, that people uh, understand is, is the tech's only as good as its distribution and getting it in the hands of users. You know, we understand your product is different, but a, a user who's relatively uneducated in the market might see you compare it to capital, compare it to Moneyline, compare it to Chime, and think, hey, they're pretty much all the same. And the disadvantage for Envil having launched uh, just a few weeks ago is these guys have been out in the market for a little bit. So can you touch on your marketing or, or distribution strategy and how you plan to, to define yourselves in the space and, and attain that critical user base? Sure. I mean, look, you know, we're going to be an underdog to some extent, um, but that's how companies, that's how opportunities arise. 
I think, you know, um, the larger incumbents aren't particularly worried about us and uh, perhaps give us the pathway to do what we need to do. Uh, we don't have, you know, hundreds of millions to spend on acquiring customers. In fact, we're going to use AI to do that at a relatively low cost, if anything. Uh, we're working through campuses in the US uh, that we know work for very well through, and um, and that's one way to do it. And I think, I think you know, going back to the language, the language is very important. You know, you you chuckled when I mentioned humor, right? So that creates a degree of intrigue, and you know, of course, what bank is going to say something funny to you when you spent too much? And I think it, it creates a connection between uh, younger generation, in particular, at the moment, that 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 are seeking that perhaps I don't, don't have too much to lose and willing to entertain. And, and look, you know, uh, the data doesn't say that, 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 uh, that people only have one digital bank or one bank. In fact, what you'll find is um, m most young people are flirting with different op options. So they could have two or three different and then they, they decide which one suits them. And it really doesn't matter how large they are. In fact, sometimes the larger incumbents are a bit more off-putting because they seem less personable. So I think, you know, our approach is very different. We all have a part to play in this new world. And, that, and all the digital banks are doing a fantastic job. I know, I know all of them. Uh, I think they're doing wonderfully well and in, in, in Europe as well, and Revolut and Monzo and Chime and Borrow, they're all fantastic. Uh, and I think there's more than enough space to create, to disrupt. But I think, I think language is going to be key. And that's one thing we're not afraid of. We're not afraid of being fun. Uh, we're not afraid of whether you'll take us seriously or not, because you know ultimately, you, I think you want something like all of the other apps and experiences that you have on your phone to 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 speak to you and your needs. So it is an experience first. I think the, the I think the finances come second. Then I I think unless you're you know unless you're unless you're depending on a bank considerably and, and the security around it, you're going to play. And you're going to experiment, and that's part of being young. And then you're going to find you're going to find a solution that speaks to you, uh, without being partial to one um, mm -hmm. only. So, um, and that's I think that's the game that we're playing. And you know, the, the feedback that we've had from our users, and in general, has just been phenomenal. I mean, people are saying, "I want this. I, this is this is all I've ever wanted." And I'm sure we're not the only ones, of course, uh, to, to who are we delivering great products, but we've got a completely different take on it. And, and, and I just must mention, Brie, that I think the key here is to, A, build an operation efficient business. So, you know, we don't want thousands of staff and then, and, and then having to, you know, ultimately find in, inventive ways of making money out of our users in order to pay them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's incumbent upon any new company now, particularly post-COVID, to think about how you can streamline your business. And AI is the best way to do that. Like, you know, you you can automate a whole bunch of things in the, in, in, in the banking environment. And the second really is, you know, we don't want to spend a ton of money on acquiring either. I think the best way you can acquire a customer is by one customer referring to another. Mm -hmm. uh, and if they love your product, uh, they love your brand, they love you, they love what you stand for, they're going to tell your friends about it, particularly if they look good for what you've done for them. And, and I think we will nail it. I'm absolutely certainly we will nail it because that's our absolute focus. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll we'll solve a whole bunch of problems by by being I, don't, I hate to use the term, but customer first. But the user experience is is really it's really top down as opposed to bottom up, and and that's 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 been our approach. And 
you know, I'm pretty sure that they're, they're, they'll be, you'll have the normal challenges as any business does. But um, but our but our goal is to is to uh, to look at the data and then to refine to to refine our marketing in a way that we can attract the very customers that we need to. So yeah, absolutely. Well, Steve, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Congrats on the launch of Mvel. Uh, any any last words to to leave our listeners with? No, I mean, I just, I just like to say, well, fantastic podcast, by the way. I've listened to a few of them, and, it's, and I think it's wonderful that you're engaging. Uh, I think, you know, I think in the new world that we're facing at the moment, there's still a fair amount of change. This is not unlike the last financial crisis, where it gave birth to a lot of really disruptive companies. Now's the time to do, some, do something special, to pull together as a community. And... You know, this doesn't have to be a charity, but you can ultimately build a company that can, you know, like a social enterprise that can help pull people together. Uh, and I think there's ample room for that. So, you know, I'd encourage any listener, whether they're working for a company or not, to to get out this their sketch pad and, uh, and take the market on because this is the time to disrupt. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing it. The team at Envel is doing it with you. Again, congrats on the launch. Been great to learn more about your business. and. And all the best uh, growing your years of base over the course of the year. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me, Brady. Talk to you later, Steve. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at CurrencyCloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.